Good evening, everybody. Um, today, I have the amazing Cynthia Cooper with me. <laughs> she is the founder of The Sober Soul. Uh, the Sober Soul Ministry, she is a mother, a writer, and a certified Christian life coach. Um, Cynthia, I just think you are so authentic. This is what I was going to say to you. I think you're just so authentic and it's so encouraging and your writing is just powerful. So I just feel the anointing all over it. And it's just your authenticity that just cuts through like to that deep place of just, it just hits the spot. So <laughs> I just want to tell you that. Oh God, I, I take no credit. I take okay. no credit. Well, thank you for agreeing to share your testimony today. Thank you for having me. Yes, ma'am. Um, let me see. So I put all Cynthia's contact information at the bottom of the screen. Facebook, SoberChicks.us. I am the Sober Soul at um, Instagram. All right. So Cynthia, let's talk. Let's talk. Let's talk. <laughs> All right, let's see. Okay, so what in what is that what is the impossible thing that God has done in your life? What's that thing that just has that big exclamation point just over your life thus far? Because we know he's still working, he's got there'll be more victories, but what do you feel led to share today? For me right now, the impossible thing was me graduating. Okay. Um, uh, most people don't know unless they were close to me during those years. Um, I graduated high school in 2005. Okay. I didn't get my degree until okay. 2020. Gotcha. And okay. so for me, I feel that, um, have honestly, and I believe God had to process me through this in order to appoint me. It was a definitely a learning process, but um, for me, the the getting the the degree wasn't um, it wasn't about the paper. It was for me to prove a point that hey, I'm not gonna be a statistic and I'm not gonna do this and yeah. I'm not gonna do that. So it was more yeah. so feeding into the narrative that um, I can do this with or without you, and so. Um, God, the more and more I uh, latched on to that mindset, the more I feel like God just pulled it away from me. Mm. And so um, I feel like that degree solidified something in my heart. And it also uh, solidified something um, with my relationship with God because mm -hmm. it let me know that with or without a degree, I'm still called. Yeah. I still whole I am still everything that he has called me to be um and it was the impossible thing because I literally have been wanting this degree for forever yeah. okay <laughs> <laughs> but it 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 helped me to see that a piece of paper doesn't make you mm -hmm. it doesn't make you um it actually enhances whatever it is that God has ultimately called you to be and when I first started school, I went to school for business because mama wanted me to go for business. Gotcha. But yeah. <laughs> the degree is in healthcare. So 
you know, it literally is, it was a God thing. It always has been a God thing and it always will be a God thing. Wow. That's awesome. I feel like so many people need to hear that. And that, that what that reminds me of is just how, even if we can't relate to the degree necessarily, we all have that uh, thing that we're trying to find our worth and our value in. Like, that's what that reminds me of. Like, what was that? I was yeah. trying to equate worth to having that piece of paper because, mm-hmm. you know, world in the worldly sense, mm-hmm. you're, you're the scum of the earth if you don't have a piece of paper. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if you don't have any credentials behind your name and God literally was saying, Cynthia, with or without those credentials, mm-hmm. um, you're still you. Yes. Like you have to find who you are, because once you find who you are, who mm-hmm. you are in me, mm-hmm. those credentials don't matter yes. because favor can get you places that degrees cannot. Yes. Yes. So I had to learn that. And it's, it, it it took me 15 years to get it. Uh, 15 years uh, to get the lesson. And yeah. I know that it's tons of women, men, boys, mm-hmm. girls that are still struggling because they're trying to um, be what mama wants yeah. them to be or be yeah. what daddy wants them to be. Yeah. When really, you need to be who God wants you to be. Mm-hmm. And that may not necessarily line up to what mom wants you to do or daddy wants you to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but you have to go through that process. Um, you're going to have to hurt some feelings. You're yeah. going to have to, you know, um, sacrifice. Because a lot of people don't know, I got this degree while I had three kids. Wow. While I was working a full-time job, you know. Wow. Yeah. While I was trying to build a ministry. All of this, I'm doing it at the same time. Yeah, Wow. It 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 has taught it has humbled me. Oh, yeah, it has humbled me. So yeah. not a, and the crazy thing is, I graduated during the pandemic. I didn't get uh-huh. to go across the stage, mm-hmm. and you know, it. I didn't care, like, yeah, because it wasn't about going across the stage at that point. It was just the fact that I had it. I did it, God. Mm-hmm. Now I did it, Mama. Yeah. Oh, now there you go. Right there. <laughs> wow. Wow. That's powerful. And that's a powerful realization. I was just, I bought this book. It's called Overcoming Rejection. Mm-hmm. Oh man, it's, it's changing my life. But there was a section that's talking about building a false identity on your parents' desires for you. How was just learning how rejection is just so deep and gets intertwined and how dangerous that is, you know, that um false identity or have you doing stuff you ain't even know mm-hmm. that you know you you weren't supposed supposed to be doing it literally yeah. takes you down a road to nowhere oh yeah mm-hmm. it takes you down a road to nowhere and a lot of people don't know that they think they're fo- they're following purpose when really they're following the route of their rejection mm. yeah so i'm yeah. Even in that, you know, God has had to process me through rejection and I'm still dealing with that. And I, I, you know, I have to be very conscious and aware that I'm not responding out of a place of rejection. Mm -hmm. And child, rejection is something that I think that we all wrestle with. with, And I think that we will continue to 
yeah. wrestle with as, as we continue to grow and mature in God. Yes, for sure. Yeah, it's a whole topic within itself. There's so much to it that I didn't even know. So, man, it's it's deep and it's real. Absolutely, honey. Absolutely. I, child, listen, I can tell you <laughs> about rejection and where rejection take, has taken me. Yeah. Um, it, you know, even in relationships with the opposite sex and even mm-hmm. in, you know, in education and career and Rejection yes. shows its head everywhere, not just in one place. Yes, so, it does. It follows you to your job. <laughs> it does. And your parenting. Bingo. I'm mm. still um, wrestling with the effects of rejection because rejection is kind of like a termite. Okay. It eats, it eats away at different areas of your life. Mm-hmm. And you don't know that you got termite damage until some just they get up under the house in the crevices to find that you got termite damage. So not until you get down and dirty with your past in prayer that you're able to see, Lord, I, I feel so rejected, Lord. Mm -hmm. And it comes out as, you know, you feel like you're not qualified to be what you are. Yeah. So if God is blessing you, then you're gonna discount the blessing. You know, say I'm with child. I don't, I don't deserve this. No way. I ain't. Yeah. You you do. You deserve it. It's called imposter syndrome. Yeah. Oh man. Yep. Yeah. Oh man. I don't, look, I'm di- I'm diving into this chapter. I'm to the to this topic, just trying to learn and get me some. Yeah. Healing. <laughs> so Cynthia. So. What I've come to find out, and even in my own life, I'm realizing that there's usually like some kind of pivot or shift or turning point in people's life before they just surrender, before that surrender and say, okay, God, I'm walking with you. Okay, God, I'm going to do what you say. I'm wondering, it, was that was that the same for you? Was there a pivotal moment or a turning point that you encountered in your walk that um, that you can share? Which one? Which one do you like? (laughs) In my book that I'm writing, I say that you say turn the point, I say Uh bottom. Oh, okay. Yes, that's true. I've met a series of rock bottoms. It's not just one moment. I can't tell you just one because there's a series of them that got me back on track to where I needed to be to go seek God. Gotcha. Um, Yeah. I would say my last, uh, my last rock bottom was the rock bottom that I found myself in before I moved to Huntsville. Okay. Um, and this is that rock bottom is the place that birthed the ministry, birthed the book, birthed the writer, birthed the life coach, birthed everything. Uh, else. Okay. So, um, that place I had, you know, I had been living for everybody but me Mm. and this one thing that i wanted um i just felt like it would shift everything Mm -hmm. i needed in that moment in that rock bottom my prayer was god i need a fresh start Mm -hmm. out of the situation that's going on here um i don't feel like i'm getting any help here i don't feel like i'm being heard here i don't feel like i'm being seen here Mm -hmm. and god I don't feel like this is where you need me to be. 
like for me to obtain my destiny, I feel like I'm supposed to be in another place. And so that was the, the defining moment. Like God, if we going to do this, Mm -hmm. then I need you and you going to have to help me. Mm -hmm. It was, it was, I'm still surrendering. Yeah. I'm still saying yes because I've always been a runner. Yeah. Child, I put them Nikes on and run. <laughs> oh my God. <Huh>? Yeah. <laughs> he want me to do what? He want me to put down what? No, I'm not. Nuh-uh. Now, I'll come to church mm-hmm. and I'll praise the Lord and I'll throw my hands up, be on the altar crying, snotting, all of that. I'll do it for you. Eat your yeah. whole show. But at the end of the day, there was no um, there was no fruit. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I tell people all the time, like, you better look, don't look at these people's actions. Look at their fruit. What do you see in their lives? Like, yeah. do you see them prospering? Do you see them or, or, or are they continuing to go in the same cycle? Yeah. Same cycle. It's always drama, always foolishness, always confusion. Yeah. Always, like that's a cycle and yeah. you don't get fruit from a cycle. No. Right. So, um, I was tired of going through the same cycles, baby daddy drama, fussing and cussing with my mama, going through with my sister. And yeah. Over it. I yeah. wanted something different. Gotcha. And so I remember God taking me to the scripture and I was reading um, Genesis. Genesis my, is my favorite book of the mm-hmm. Bible. And I was reading the, um, that story about Abraham when he told um Abraham that he would take he would he had to take him out of this place and send him. And I that story resonated with my spirit, and that was my confirmation to go. Yes. Yeah. And so with three kids and two baby daddies and craziness in the family. Yeah. I left. I didn't at the time I left a good paying job. Yeah, the job, uh, it wasn't enough to hold me. Yeah, um, the relationships with my children's father weren't wasn't enough to hold me because you can get in the car and you could come travel to see them. Yeah, um, my family wasn't enough to hold me. I had to go because I knew that if I stayed, I would have died, and yep. not necessarily a physical death, but a spiritual one. Yeah, and I didn't want to risk that. I had to go. Yeah. And it was the first self-full decision I made. Wow. Man, as, as soon as you started sharing that, that scripture came to mind for me. He's like, Abraham, come out from among them. <laughs> and I will do this for you. So, oh, man. That's such a walk of faith as well. Just trusting God. Like, you have every reason not that's to. That's what this Jesus journey is. Yeah. It's a walk of faith. Because sometimes... <laughs> You will get to moments in your life where you don't know what's about to happen. Mm-hmm. But that's what faith is. Yeah. Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. We don't see faith. Faith is blind. Yeah. Faith is literally walking like this. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. what faith is. Mm-hmm. And so when we stop allowing um uh, uh, when we stop allowing people to spiritualize faith, it, it, mm-hmm. faith is just that you you don't see it. You just go yeah. have to move, you go have to mess up, you go have to bump your head, 
But you, if you got your eyes covered, then your other senses work better. So you mm-hmm. can hear better when you when you don't have no sight. Mm-hmm. And people don't realize that. Like I moved one. I'll tell you this: when I did move, I got out of God's timing because I wanted what I wanted. Gotcha. God gave me the okay to move, but He didn't say when to go. Gotcha. So I was feeling in my spirit initially to move like in that summer, but mm-hmm. I'm in the winter. Gotcha. <laughs> yes. So you know, I understand. <laughs> you can get ahead of God. Yeah. Even in your getting ahead of God, there's grace. Yeah. He will grace you to your right decision. Yeah. Oh man, that's powerful. Also, like just to remember and remind ourselves, like God's yes does not mean like right now. Like, yeah, you gotta wait for yeah, you gotta, yeah, you gotta wait for the whole instruction. Absolutely. Follow the whole instruction. Oh, <laughs> yeah. And the wisdom also. So I got the yes. Uh I'm gonna apply your will, your godly wisdom to your instruction so I can walk Bingo. it out Bingo. safely, walk it out in your timing, walk it out um yeah. uh yeah, in peace <laughs> in a peaceful, peaceful circumstances. So. without toil. There you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. But I had to toil, honey. I gotcha. Stubborn. You know, I'm stubborn and I think yeah. <laughs> when we want that's our biggest issue. We want what we want. Yeah. And Yes, I prayed. Yes, I believe. Yes, I had faith, but I was yeah. hard headed. Yeah. So I ain't listen. Yeah. You can't get mad at God when you don't listen. Yeah. So you're right. You're right with that. Oh man, that was key. I'm glad you added to that. That that was powerful. <laughs> okay, so I want to know. I know we've talked about some of the defining moments, but. What is what is your biggest challenge just in your overall walk with Christ? What's something that you know God has, you know, just maybe an area God's just been working and working and working with you all? What's the thing that you know, like that you need that grace in? My flesh. <laughs> <laughs> yes, my flesh. My flesh, honey. This her old flesh. Oh. <laughs> That is a constant thing that I'm always going back to God on. Okay. Because I'm not, I want to be perfect. Yeah. But I'm not. And, you know, I think we all want to be perfect. We Mm -hmm. all want to have it all together. Yeah. But we don't. And this old wretched flesh that I have, you know, it, it, <laughs> so it is a constant battle because Cynthia, the the Cynthia outside of God, okay? Cynthia outside of God wants what she wants. Yeah. Period. And I don't I will get it at any cost. I see <laughs> me. Okay? I hear you. And so God has to continually teach me, help me, shape me, mold me to get me to die to this old flesh. Because yeah. if if it um, child, my flesh would send me straight to hell mm-hmm. in a handbasket with a passport. Yeah. Um, but I have to learn to always crucify my flesh. Paul said, "Your flesh has to die daily." Yeah. Daily, I have to help my, you know, pray. God help me with this old mouth, this old wretched mouth, because sometimes you know, before I be, you know, before I surrendered, um. I, 
I didn't know the power of my words. So mm -hmm. I would say any old thing. Oh man, yeah. And I would, you know, even say any old thing to people and to myself. Okay. And so um, it's not, it, it's the small foxes that destroy the vine. And so those small things like, oh, you don't know that. Mm -hmm. Oh, you're not good enough for that. You know, mm -hmm. those things um, I had to literally retrain. God had to help me retrain my mind, retrain my mouth. Um, even um, with dealing with sexual things, I still pray yeah. and I ask God, help me. Because yeah. God, he is fine, okay? Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm single single, not the single. Yeah. Right, right. Single. So, um, God help me, because you know I desire to be married one yes. day. Yes. And so, yes. you know, help this old flesh. Yeah. Because, you know, it, it is, most church folk won't tell you that, but I'm not church folk. Yeah. I, all the way real because yeah, yeah. I want people to know that being a Christian is hard. Mm -hmm. It's not easy. And if anybody is telling you that it's easy, they are lying. Mm -hmm. Okay. It's hard for the single Christian right now. Yeah. Because you got all kinds of things that are out there trying to distract you and to draw you into a false belief system. Yeah. And so I'm constantly having to make sure that I have people around me that hold me accountable. Mm -hmm. Because I tell people all the time, you know, I yes, people call me the sober soul. And I've, you know, used this phrase with my writings and stuff like that. But sobriety, mm -hmm. a journey. Yeah. It is not something that you arrive to. Even if you relate it to sobriety in the world, sobriety in the world is basically what you walk through after you've been intoxicated and drunken or you've been through uh, Alcohol Anonymous program or you yeah. drugs of some sort. You walk through your season of sobriety. Mm -hmm. And for some, it's a season and for others, it's a lifetime. Well, yeah. me, I am walking through a lifetime of sobriety. Mm -hmm. um, I, I I tell people all the time, honey, anything could trigger you right back mm -hmm. day one. Yeah. Day one. And so I just, you know, I've been drunken in low self-esteem, drunken in rejection, drunk, yeah. you know, all kinds of things, abandonment. All of these things and anything could slip me up. Anything could trigger me and I'd be right back to where I started from. But I realized that with God, even if I have to go back, I go back with God. Mm -hmm. And he gives me his grace to keep going. Yeah. Something that you said that just kind of reminded me because I'm trying to die to my flesh in a certain, in a specific situation so I can see the victory and when you said that, it just, it kind of convicted me because I was like, okay, it's not just going to be one day you arrive there. Like you need to daily, like get up and make that decision. Like it's going to automatically do it. It's like a, like it's a decision every day. Um, I tell people all the time, better doesn't be, better isn't a destination. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it starts yeah. with a decision. Yeah. You have to decide, okay, I'm going to be better today. Yeah. I'm going to be better today. And you may have to rehearse that to yourself. For 24 hours <laughs> sleep okay yeah. but 
I'm going to be better today. I'm going to make a better decision. I'm going to choose a better course of action because I want to be better. And you'll find yourself after you make those better decisions, maybe make a better decision at one o'clock, two o'clock, two o'clock, four, you get through the whole day and you have made a better decision. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yes. And that's why I tell people it's not a destination. Like you don't arrive at better Mm -hmm. decisions help you to get there. If you if you're not making a right decision, a wise decision, child better is so far. It is so far. But when you start making those small decisions, then better comes to you. You don't have to run after it. It comes to you. Yeah. Wow, that's powerful. There, there. <laughs> There's so much you said that I've been realizing a lot lately, and that was regarding our words. Like we don't agreement. We don't realize the agreements we come into when we speak that. Absolutely. What the enemy thinks about us, what the enemy says, we come into we come into agreement with our mouth. Before long, we don't made a heart agreement with it, which is what I'm learning now. Is like that's an inner vow. Like we have so many inner vows that we've made that contracts with the enemy through our words, and then our words we're hearing our words. It's getting to her in our hearts. Even if you don't believe it, then you're gonna start believing. You keep saying it. And you, your environment. Oh, this is good. Your environment will begin to line up to what you spoke. Yes. So if you say, "Well, look, I'm broke." Yes. Yeah. Your money gonna drive so quick. Yeah, and those are essentially those are cur- like we're literally cursing ourselves. These are word curses. That and like just going back to what the word says about the power of our words. That's how we. I think if we really believe that, understood how powerful our words. Or we would be a little bit more conscious of creating. What are you creating with your mouth? What are you creating? I've been in a thorough study of the book of Genesis. And I'm going back and learning about Adam and Eve and their identities and what God originally called them to. Yeah. And so I'm learning that Eve was called to be a helper. She was a helper, period. Yeah. And most of the time, us women, life and trauma has caused us caused us to forget who we are. One, we're struggling with identity. We're, we're struggling with identity. And then two, we don't know the power that we hold. Yes. Literally, because I am a, um, I am a descendant of Eve. Okay. I have the ability to create. Yeah. I have the ability to um help and nurture and grow. And if I don't know my ability, whether I'm speaking positive or negative, I'm growing something. Wow. So we wow. have to be so very careful of the gardens that we grow. Like we can either grow the garden of Gethsemane or yeah. we can grow the garden of Eden. Yeah. Which garden are you feeding? And that's the thing that God had to show me, Cynthia. <laughs> are wow. you growing the garden of Gethsemane where there's trial and testing and the enemy is at you on every side? Or are you growing this peaceful place where I abide with you and you with I, you know, so most of us, we're not conscious of that when we say, oh, you get on my nerves. Mm -hmm. 
So we wondering why our children are up in the uproar and mm-hmm. they doing everything that they want to do under the sun. It's because spooky. Yeah. So they have to uh they have to align with the word that you spoke. Okay. So watch your mouth. Yeah. And when God began to show me that, I'll be quiet. <laughs> the old folks say if you yeah. nice to say don't okay. say nothing <laughs> oh man that's just wisdom I think also that comes with wisdom like oh, to say we're not to say what I don't need to Listen, what I need to let pass what's it say about a fool bending all the emotions yes <laughs> don't, don't, don't repeat don't say it just don't say it let, let it watch over you <laughs> Don't say it. <laughs> All those, those who are connected to me, like they'll notice. They'll say, Cynthia, why were you talking? You just be quiet. Yeah. And I say, because I'm listening for the Holy Spirit. Yes. Because I know me. And we have to be aware of us. You can't be aware of yourself if you are struggling with identity. God yeah. shows you who you are when you get down and you pray and you walk in relationship, true relationship with him. Yeah. He'll show you who you are. He'll show you that you talk too much. You got a bad attitude. You got low self-esteem. You're dealing mm-hmm. with a rejection. He'll show you all that. People yeah. don't tell you. God will show you. Yeah. And so yeah. when he began to show me things, it makes me even the more aware. Mm-hmm. Like I'm aware of me and I'm aware of you. Right. I'm a constant. I'm looking at me first. And then I'm like, oh, they struggle with that, too. That's why they drawn to me. Oh, gotcha. So that's that's a whole nother. (laughs) That's a whole nother thing. But that's the thing, like the way God reveals your faults to you is so sweet and good intentions because when he do it, it don't sting but it bring that oh. conviction and I'm like Lord can't nobody have told me that but you <laughs> have received it exactly yeah and his ultimate goal is for us to have freedom so I'm thankful because there's so much that he revealed like I didn't know like hurts that you don't even know you have offenses you still holding on to yeah. but he sees that he sees that and he wants us to be free from it so I think it just it's it says something about him that he does reveal that and bring that out, but it's just crazy as well how much we just how much gets deep. Yes, you don't handle it right then and there. Oh, I can only speak for myself, but I know I was the one who would suppress my pain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I would act as though you ain't hurt me, knowing you did, you know, and so it's easy as women for us to suppress it and keep moving. Yeah. Suppress it and keep pushing because we got so many tasks to do. We have we hold so many titles. Um yeah. we have so many responsibilities. So I don't have time to feel mm-hmm. wound in my heart. I don't have time to feel it. I got to keep yeah. going. And so that moment when God took me down and he said, hey, let's deal with this. Yeah. It is it it was so beautiful, but so painful. Okay. Yeah. He does it in such a way. And I tell people this all the time. Like it was almost like God revealed it to me as me walking around in the spirit with a grotesque limp. It's kind of like the hunchback of Notre Dame, if I could paint the picture for you. That's yeah. how I was walking around in the spirit because I was hurt. Mm-hmm. I was but I had learned to operate through my pain. I've learned to um to to deal with it. It's kind of like 
woman with the issue, she had been walking around with that pain for years. Yeah. So we, I, he literally had to say, okay, now it's time for me to deal with it. Now I got to break you again. Yeah. So that this time you can, you, this time you're going to heal correctly. Mm-hmm. And there will be no, there will be no remembrance of this pain. Mm. And that's why I, I tell people now, like, yes, I went through it, but it's hard for me to go back to that place because I didn't forget half of that stuff. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. God does give you joy. And child, <laughs> that joy, yeah. you forget all that pain, honey. Yeah. Wow. Wow. One thing I want to say regarding that, too, um, is how, okay, how, okay, so with me, I was thinking, like, I'm, as far as suppressing hurts, I'm thinking, okay, a good Christian is just gonna, oh, it's okay. I'm gonna brush that aside. That's being a good Christian. This is this is me thinking. And I just realized how much religion does not deal with the person. It doesn't deal with, it won't deal with the hurt. It don't let you deal with that. It's all about the work. It's all about the rules. It's all about the law. So it does not address the heart. It does not address what Jesus came to address is the heart of the issues and take care of the person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not just the law. So I, I, me, yeah. I agree. I agree. Because I had to realize that I could not work my way to God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I couldn't. There was no deed that I could do that would seal the deal for me in heaven. It it, it, it wouldn't. Yeah. So the moment that I got the revelation of that, it changed my whole, the whole situation of how I deal with God and how God deals with me. God is, for me, God is so real. Mm -hmm. And you, he's so real. Like I talk to him just like I'm sitting here talking to you. Yeah. And so most people experience of God is not that way. Um, They think that he is a ruler, a dictator. They don't see him as a father. And for many years, I did not see him as a father. There would be women who would come and um, tell their testimonies to me. And I'd be like, girl, try, bye. <laughs> bye. Uh, he trying to tell my whole life up. He don't want me yeah. to do this. I can't do that. I can't do that. Gotcha. So many, I can't. So I'm like, well, yeah. what do you do? Can, can you walk? <laughs> yeah. Oh, because you, most people sell this. Um, this experience that God just, you got to do this, you got to do that. You got to be perfect. No, God just wants you to come. Yes. Just come because he already know. Yeah. He already knows what you're struggling with. He already knows your, your inner faults, um, your struggles, your inadequacies. He, he knows it all. All really he wants you to do is just share it with him. Yeah. That's it. And yeah. he says that his strength is made perfect in, in your weakness. So yeah. in those weak areas, that's where you're going to find God the most. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think that's that's pivotal. Mm-hmm. Let's see. And this, this may be some of what we already said, but if there is that person <laughs> who doesn't know God either, they're on the fence, they're like, Either they're even maybe they're backslidden sometimes. And I know I had so many opportunities like to go through things and just turn my back on God. Sometimes things are just get so 
hurt. You know, people just get so hurt that they shift and turn away from God. So if it's someone that is like that or have been on the fence or just never know knew God, what what's like the one thing that you would want to tell them or to know about God? There's a scripture in that good book of the Bible that says, uh, test me in this way mm. and see won't I open up the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing. If you won't have enough enough room enough to receive. Mm. I say testing. Mm. And most people won't. You know, they, they ain't gonna say that. They gonna just tell you yeah. to do it. No, I say test him. Yeah. Yeah. And I say try him. Try Jesus. You <laughs> the world, you have tried the world. Exactly. What got you? What do you have to lose? What, <laughs> what, yeah. What 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 is what what have you what have you accomplished with trying the world? So why not try God? Um, yeah. I've saw somewhere some somewhere where it said you let the world use you. Mm-hmm. You you let the world do whatever it is they wanted to do mm-hmm. to you. Why not try God? Yeah. If nothing in your life is adding up, if nothing. Yeah in your life, if the ends aren't meeting, if you're robbing Peter to pay Paul, if you're you know, if if everything is in an uproar, if everything is chaotic, then mm-hmm. try something different. Yeah. Try something different. And God is the difference maker. He makes all things new. And so you have to, I encourage them to get around believers who who truly believe mm-hmm. the God that they say yeah. they believe in. Yeah. And how do you know when you have a believer that way? You see the fruit, you see the evidence of their lives, not just the words. Yeah. Because you you will get um you will get so caught up in what people say. No, don't look at what they say, don't listen to what they say, look at their actions. And if mm-hmm. their life doesn't line up, child, by all means, run. Run. Because yeah. it's fruit. You judge a person by their fruit, yeah. not by their words. So I just tell them to try God. And if they need someone to, you know, hold them accountable or um, to walk this journey out with, connect. Mm-hmm. That's when my Jesus journey became real when I connected with other like-minded believers. Yes. Yep. That's when it became real for me. Yeah. I got with people who were on the same wavelength as me and they began to speak the same language that I did and they were doing the things that I were doing. That's when God became real. He became Mm -hmm. tangible. He became Mm -hmm. something that I can hold. And not just this book that just sat on my, my mama's counter, you know, it, those words became real mm-hmm. and it began to make sense. So you got, God did not, religion isolates. Yes. God causes you to come together. Religion yes. pushes you out on the island. God says, come off that island. Yes. You with these people who are gonna really help you and grow you and yeah. and um allow the iron to sharpen the iron. Yeah. You can sharpen no iron if the iron is separated. How yeah. you gonna sharpen it? So you gotta plant yourself amongst the brethren. Um, yeah. and the brethren may not look like you and I. They may be another color. They may maybe you know um they may like not look the way that you think they should look. 
Mm-hmm. That's another thing that I had to overcome. Yeah. Everybody, you know, God makes all. So all don't necessarily look like me. Yeah. So you have to be open, always remain open to the way that God wants to um, to bless you and help you and undergird you and guard you. I tell people all the time, God ain't going to, uh, he's not going to crack the sky until he's ready. Mm-hmm. Until then he's going to use people. And if you have a hard time with people, you're going to have a hard time with God. Yeah. There's something Holy Spirit spoke to my heart a while ago. He said, once you get around people, your problems in life are going to start to make sense. And that has been so true to me because in isolation, you feel like I'm the only one in the trip. I'm the only one to deal with this. I'm the only one going through this. And give you, you start pitying yourself and get that defeated mode when really you, we're all, what's, that, what's the scripture say? All your brothers and sisters across the world are enduring the same thing. So there's nothing uncommon to man that you are experiencing that. Ain't nothing new under the sun. Yes. So you'll do yourself a disservice sitting over there thinking that you're the only one in trauma. Yeah. You're the only one with rejection. You're the only one who don't have really a good relationship with their family. The only one who feel like a black sheep. Child cheese. Come on in here and join this club (laughs) (laughs) who feel the same way that you do. And some of us have overcome it. So you need to be with us so that we can help you overcome. Yes. We are overcome by the blood of the lamb in the words of our testimonies. There you go right there. (laughs) Yes. I have to say this really quick because when you start talking about sobriety and and likening it to AAA mm-hmm. uh, or to AA, I'm sorry, AAA, <laughs> AA, what I started thinking about was also not only the authenticity, authenticity, but also the connection. So you can't remain sober and not be real. You cannot be authentic, and you can't remain sober. In isolation, like even in AA, they have those what those accountability partners, like and they have those groups groups because they realize now. I've when God initially gave me um this vision, Hmm. he literally showed me and took me through the to research AA. Wow, wow, okay, and so. He showed me the 12 steps. Yeah. The 12 step program and all of this kind of stuff. And I was yeah. like, what? They don't think I'm crazy. He's like, that's going to be me. Yeah. So, no, this is powerful. It's one of those things where we have to realize that <laughs> sobriety is a journey, just mm-hmm. like our, our belief in God in, in, in everything. Like, it's a journey. We keep trying to make it this one one size fits all, one way fits all. No, it, it does not work like that. And I believe that, yes, there's only one way to Jesus. Yes. But we find that way in many different avenues. Some may get it after they, you know, went through a, a season of being addicted to drugs. Mm-hmm. Some may find it after they've been, you know, went through a season of being, you know, sexually 
uh, promiscuous, whatever the case may be. They may find it after a, a divorce or whatever, but we have many ways that we come to Christ, but there's only one. There's only yeah. one. And that is how we get our testimony. We yeah. get our testimony through the pain, through the hardships. That's yeah. why I no longer complain about yeah. suffering. As a believer, it is a gift to suffer. Girl. It is a gift. And many believers don't know that. They they want the they pray this way. Lord, take this from me, this bitter cup. No, you need that cup. Because mm -hmm. if you don't have that cup, then how will you be able to bear witness? Yeah. To the goodness of God. You see? And and is God maturing me? Yeah. For me to understand that to suffer is to be blessed by God. Yeah. God favors me when he says, oh, have you considered my servant, Cynthia? Yeah. yeah. And a lot of people miss that in the Bible. And it wasn't until my spiritual mom brought that up to me many years ago that I said, you know what? God recommended Job to go through hell. He did. Wow. <laughs> Talk about a recommendation. <laughs> Talk about a recommendation, okay? Wow. So, <laughs> recommended him to go through oh, well. Yeah. But in the end, God blessed him immensely. Mm -hmm. But he had to be trusted with hell before he could experience heaven. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's good. You got to be trusted with hell before you can experience heaven. And I've been through hell, okay? Yeah. I've been through hell. And probably in some aspects, I'm still going through it. There's different yeah. levels of hell. Yeah. And so I I am just so grateful for this journey because God helped me to be real because I was living faith. Mm -hmm. It wasn't something that being real is hard because when you have to be real, you have to tell truth. Yeah. Whether it feels good or not. Right. And truth, some my, my mom always say the truth is gonna piss you off first. Yeah, it's gonna piss you off. But in that truth, you find that it was exactly what you needed. Mm. But when it show up to your door, it's gonna make you so mad. It's gonna. Yeah. Whew, I still get mad when folks tell yeah. the truth. Yeah. But I know. <laughs> Good. I know after the swelling go down now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I probably just a choice word or two under yeah. my breath. Yeah. I'm like, you know what? They were right. Yeah. They were right. And maybe I need to work on that. And maybe I need to be more aware of how I come across. Mm -hmm. So truth just brings an awareness. And that's mm -hmm. how I look at truth now. When, yeah. you, when somebody speaks truth to me, they make me aware. Yeah. And so I take that awareness and I start thumbing through it and researching and digging, as I say, to yeah. see if the if it holds any validity. And if it does, then I need to go to God. Yeah. Sometimes people tell you they truth, not mm -hmm. the truth, but they truth. And so, yeah. you know, you have to always test the spirit by the spirit. Mm -hmm. And I tell people all the time, game no game, like spirit, no spirit. And so you have to be very conscious of the so-called truth that's being brought to you and you have to test everything by the word. Mm -hmm. 
Oh man, that word truth. It's like, <laughs> I feel like God's just been highlighting that to me in my walk and just like giving this desire for just truth and just learning, like you said, what truth, what truth is. And it's, it's so deep. It is so good. And, and that, and that just goes along with healing, like that come into agreement with truth and goes right along with that healing and right. <laughs> so so Cynthia, this is something that I hear you say frequently or and write frequently that hey. Jesus and therapy sis. <laughs> so I, we need to know what do you mean? I want you to talk about that. Why do you advocate for Jesus and therapy? Well, I advocate for it because I'm a believer in it. I am a testimony of it um, that Jesus plus therapy equals healing. Okay. Total healing, it equals wholeness to me because a lot of people don't realize that behind, you know, up front in yesteryears, I appeared to have had it all together, but my life was towed up behind the scenes. Yeah. So it wasn't until I became serious about Jesus and then I went to a whole therapist that mm -hmm. those two being married together is the marriage of ministry and medicine. That okay. caused me to actually walk in this wholeness that people see. Um, it, it it reminds me of the scripture, faith without works is dead. Mm -hmm. uh, Jesus is, is the faith and works is the therapy. Because I I like to think of therapy is if you get a, a, yarn, a ball of yarn, mm -hmm. and you just smash it together, all different colors, all different sizes, mm -hmm. you just gravel it all together and those are our thoughts mm -hmm. that's what our mind looks like on the inside when we've you know been locked up in trauma locked up in hurt locked up in pain locked up in offense mm -hmm. we take our ball of yarn and sit on this good person couch mm -hmm. and they literally session by session mm -hmm. they unravel those thoughts and they help you to process through them that's what's wrong with a lot of us we just got situations on top of situations in our head and yeah. we're locked up in our head and yeah. so we just need somebody to help us to unravel those mm -hmm. thoughts and you'll find that once you sit there and you you just get it out because most of us we don't talk mm -hmm. we do not talk about what happened we yeah. we our parents the people who raised us, raised that generational mindset of let's just sweep it under the rug as though it didn't exist. That yes. mindset reared us. Yeah. And so we've, we've begin to operate out of um, that mindset that if it's not in my face, it don't exist. Yeah. And that's a lie. That's a lie. I just say out of mind. <laughs> yep. It still exists. It's still yeah. tearing up your family. It's still the big elephant is still sitting in the middle of your house, and you have yet to say anything about it. And that is what God wants us to deal with. He wants us to break free from that. Mm -hmm. And so I needed both. I couldn't do one without the other because even though I had Jesus, there was something still missing. I was still struggling because I didn't have a practical way to um make it make sense to me. Why did this happen to me? And so therapy helped me to make it make sense. And so um, 
there were a series of exercises that I did, a series of talks. And even now I am still in therapy. Okay. I love my therapist, my therapist. We've been kicking it for a long time. And I just, I am an advocate for Jesus in therapy. I don't believe you can have one without the other and get to the, the, the um, result that you are looking for without it. I just gotcha. You need both of them, sis. Yeah. <laughs> There's something to be said for, and I'm guilty of this, like, and not saying like, not saying there's not room for this, but some 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 things we literally want like a miracle. We want like God just fix this in me and change it. And there's something to be said for the process and walking it out. Some things you don't have to walk out. Like God is a miracle worker, but (laughs) you are just going to have to walk out. And my pastor is talking about that now about walking it out. People realize that yes, you can pray through a thing, but after you get up from that flow, okay, you're going to have to walk it out and walking it out. Isn't just, you know, you getting up and living life as though it didn't happen. No, walking it out is being very conscious of the, the fact that it happened. Yeah. And you have to know that it has the potential to happen again. It will show up again if you, yeah. you don't deal with it. You may not see it again with that same person, but you will see it in your children. You will see this same. And that's what I talk about in my book. Like, mm-hmm. I saw... The the devil left, but he showed up in Sam. Gotcha. Yeah. And so we have to make sure that we are aware of how to get out. Yes, you can see the exit, but if you don't, if you're in a maze, mm-hmm. like how do I go left, right, up, back? Like you have to be able to have somebody to show you how to do it in a practical way. Gotcha. Yeah. And when you were talking about the therapy aspect and processing the thoughts, that that kind of put me in the mind of renewing your mind. Like, if some of if we've grown up in dysfunction or um, certain communication styles, you literally are gonna have to renew your mind because you may not know what's healthy, what's not. You may have an issue knowing right from wrong. Like, so those are like mind renewal things. I'll tell you this, the first activity, the first day I went to my therapist, now I've had two therapists over my lifetime, but the first um, time I went to therapy, it was a little old white lady and she was a believer. And even, even God leading her to, or leading me to her was, it was a God thing. Yeah. Um, because you, when you're searching for a counselor or a therapist, you, if you're a believer, you need to make sure that they are a believer as well. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's that's a B clause, but let me get back to A. Yeah. So the first activity that I did with this little old white lady mm-hmm. was an activity to retrain my mind. Wow. Okay. And she literally gave me a rubber band, a little mm-hmm. three cent rubber band. Yeah. She said she used that scripture um that you just said, retraining your mind. As I think of in his heart, so is he. And so she said that, and I was like, oh, I'm in the right place because she's talking the word. (laughs) She started speaking scripture. (laughs) This week, I need you to wear this rubber band, and every time that you have a negative thought, whether you think it's towards others or yourself, you pop yourself with the rubber band. And she said, when you pop yourself with the rubber band, then you replace the thought with something positive. 
And okay. child, after that week, my arm was so sore. But <laughs> I'm telling you, it literally helped me to be able to speak healthily. Because we, yes. we, we speak yes. from our hurt. We speak from our pain. We speak from our dysfunction. Mm -hmm. So just a simple yes. activity is popping a rubber band. Yeah. The whole trajectory of my, of my life. Yes. Wow. And even what you said about replacing it, that's like, that's just a law of the kingdom. We don't just get rid of. So no. with Jesus, the deliverance, you get delivered, you got to replace it with the, because if you replace it with something, yeah. something else, it's going to come back with some more friends. Yeah. It's got to be, it's got to be replaced. Yep. Mm -hmm. With the right thing. <laughs> yep. Wow. Cynthia, thank you so much. You just bless me. I I pray and I believe you bless so many others as well. I hope so. I could just I feel like I could just talk to you all day. <laughs> Everybody do. Everybody tell me the same. Yeah. Thing. Okay. Yeah. God has blessed me to be is a listener. Yeah. Been able to be a listener throughout this journey, and I don't take it for granted. I know that I am called by God. I know that He has placed this call on my life and I wouldn't dare trade it for the world. And I tell women all the time, honey, you just need to talk. Come on, I listen. Yes. I listen to you. Man. Well, guys, this is Cynthia Cooper again, the founder of The Sober Soul. You can find her right here on Facebook, soberchicks.us. Also on Instagram, I am The Sober Soul. You need to reach out to her and speak to her. Do not hesitate to do that. Oh, maybe I hopefully I look forward to speaking with her again. again yeah. <laughs> Thank you. You know, I make myself available. Yeah. <laughs> All right, everyone, be blessed. Have an awesome evening. Bye. Good night.